Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So that goes on for quite some time. I tweeted out the video of it yesterday. That happened in Los Angeles yesterday. Larry Elder, who is the odds-on favorite to replace Gavin Newsom as governor here in about, what, four or five days, if Gavin Newsom is recalled, he was uh, doing an event. He was touring a homeless camp, and uh, some lunatics started screaming at him. Okay, that's one thing. And I'm not a fan of elevating random hecklers to mean something and giving them lots of attention whenever politicians are yelled at, whether it's Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom or Larry Elder. But this turned physical. They started throwing punches and everything like that. And when somebody from his campaign went over to try to uh, to stop the, the shouting and everything like that, people were throwing eggs at the, the candidate. And then they started fighting with his people that didn't look to be like security. They just no, looked sucker-punching like, old people. They were just like friends or staff or something and um he needs more security around him for one thing but the the lack of attention that the story got you had a, an attack on a guy who might be the governor of our biggest state here in a few days that's not okay at all well, it came from the left so it is okay it is okay according to the american media because he's mean. He's a Republican. He's a fascist. It is unfreaking believable. There was some serious violence there. The, how the cops were not on the scene arresting people know. and dragging them off, I do not get. No, and it just, like I said, it got barely a blurb in terms of, uh, you know, punching through yesterday as a story. And um, it's troubling. Well, obviously, the elder campaign has to let, perhaps they didn't, I don't know, I have no idea, but they need to let the local law enforcement know, hey, we're doing an event here, and uh, there has been violence, as you know, as usual, uh, on the West, West Coast, at least, it's from the left, as usual. Uh, Trump's running for president, so maybe we should talk about that at some w- point. Wait, 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 what now? Donald Trump from The Apprentice? So I don't know that he is, but if you forced me to bet... If I had had to put money on it, I'd put my money on, yes, he is going to run for president in 2024. A couple of reasons. Um, they, they add up. So I don't know if you saw the story over the weekend that he has stopped tanning and has lost. <laughs> I did not see that story. Where did you see that? The Tanning Times? Pleasantly Brown Journal? <laughs> Were they talking about it at your tanning salon? Um, Mr. Eye Shades and Bikini Briefs? He, uh, I don't know why, I don't know how the stop tanning thing factors in at all, but he's lost 10 pounds. He's gone on a diet. He's actually eating better after famously eating fast food and all that sort of stuff, and he's doing more walking with golf and everything like that. He's down 10 pounds. I don't know. He lo- He actually looked like he lost weight, so I think he had to lose more than 10 pounds. If you're 6'3", 250, I don't know that you notice 10 pounds on a guy that big. Um, ha- me having lost 10 pounds recently and, like, nobody noticed, so I'm much smaller than Donald Trump. Um uh, but he's well, it's entirely possible he's a stress eater and he's just got so much less stress now. Absolutely possible that he um, out of the White House and, you know, he's getting older and it's possible his doctor said, hey, you know, I know you always ate fried chicken and McDonald's, but I think you got to knock that off and your blood pressure is this or that. And, you know, it happens to everybody. Could be that. But he also is headed to Iowa for a visit. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
He's headed to Iowa, and I had forgotten. Do you remember early on when he went to, uh, I think it was the Iowa State Fair, it got some attention when it was still just the, kind of a joke, the idea of him running for president. It was a joke for me, anyway. Uh, the, the idea that he would actually ever seriously run for president or anybody would take it seriously. He went to Iowa and took his helicopter and was giving people helicopter rides in the Trump oh, helicopter. Right. Remember that? That was yeah. before he even announced before he came down the escalator and even announced, he went to Iowa and was giving people oh. helicopter rides, and it was just kind of a lark. But he's headed to Iowa again, just like he did however many years yeah. ago, that was. Yeah, well, my position has been and continues to be that he is the hottest commodity in American conversation and American media as long as there's a possibility he might run again. And at the moment he makes clear that he won't, then people will move on to something different. And he is such a big build-my-brand guy, he understands that. So he's going to make it seem like he might run until the last possible second. I continue to believe that, but I could be wrong. Well, I think that is his strategy, but I think it ultimately, as it gets closer, he's going to decide to run. Joe Biden's going to be hanging around 40%. Um, he's going to see polls like the one from Emerson College that came out the other day that show if the election were held today, he would win. Now, it was within the margin of error. It was 47-46, but he's neck and neck. And I still believe that the the bulk of people that voted for Trump last time around would vote for him again, whereas I'm not sure how many of the Biden voters would vote for Biden again. Oh, a, a serious chunk would peel off. I, I don't have any idea. So, but... People didn't vote for Joe Biden. They both they voted against Donald Trump. And I don't know if they'd get enthusiastic enough to come back out again, but I don't know. He's awful well, old. Trump we, might run. Biden's not. I'll bet you anything. They're both super old. So you think it'd be Trump running against somebody else? Well, then it's completely if, that's completely wide open. Then who who the heck knows what would happen there? Uh, no, I think by the end of this year, uh, certainly by mid next year, Joe Biden's uh, advancing neurological difficulties will be so clear he's going to have to step down. We're still, I don't think it's going to be long. We're still very far away. Uh, they both get older every single day. But I would remind you that um, candidates like Elizabeth Warren um, uh, announced in December of 2018. So we will have candidates announcing late next year. We're not that far. Oh, goody. Roughly a year from now. (laughs) Roughly a year from now, candidates will be announcing. So, Oh, goody, Uncle Jack. Can we then talk about early, early, early polls that show who's ahead? Rudy Giuliani or Fred Thompson? Yay. Just saying, I think he's running. So that's, that's the end of my spiel because he's not tanning anymore. I don't know why he stopped tanning. Well, he's probably he's out in the sun playing golf all the time. He doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think you're looking for tea leaves where there ain't none. You ever but, been in a tanning uh, bed? Uh, no, not a single time. Yeah, I I did, and you know, want want to know why? Um, a radio station I worked at many many years ago when tanning beds were were first out, and God, they had to be. That's probably why I had cancer. When tanning beds were first out, and they were really not healthy they're not healthy now but they were really not healthy then yeah. uh but i endorsed a, a, a health club that had tanning beds and they gave me free tanning and so uh, uh, me and everybody at the radio station who got free tanning we were so tan and it was the dead of winter <laughs> it was the dead of winter in kansas when everybody's just super pasty white we were all just bronze <laughs> head to toe oh that's hilarious and that's how i got into tanning otherwise i don't think i probably ever would have but 
Wow. Wow. Funny. Uh, so coming up this hour, a number of things, including the, well, I'm going to call it the Northwest Roundup, talking about the insanity of the Northwestern part of the U.S., plus a well-deserved Gavi Award. It's been a while, but this one's a real winner. Fantastic. That's the idea of uh, mocking Gavin for going to the French Laundry, which is at least half the reason he might get recalled here in a we, couple we days. We had an early dinner. Oh, it was an early dinner. Yeah. I forgot to it mention It was an that. early dinner. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, for new <laughs> listeners, and we have them all the time, and welcome. Hope you're well. Uh, a, a Gavi Award is the Gavin Newsom Award for hypocrisy during COVID. Fantastic. That's all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Part of my Trump update, I'll have to get to that later. That, that doesn't have that much to do with Trump. But Well, uh, has everybody got all the Gavi Award stuff together? I forgot to remind you. Maybe, uh, Jack, you want to uh, fill us in on the rest of the Trump stuff? Yeah, so I mentioned yesterday, Donald Trump is going to sit in as a commentator on a fight this weekend. Uh, former heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield, who's almost 60, is going <laughs> to fight some UFC legend who's in his mid-40s. And Donald Trump is going to be one of the announcers, not the lead I'm announcer. I'm sorry, that sounds like something the Taliban would state. <laughs> a fight between an old man and a middle-aged pro fighter, please. Donald Trump is going to do some of the announcing, and they're actually going to have two feeds. You can watch the fight where you hear Trump and watch the fight where you don't hear Trump, which is weird. But uh, this from Mediaite. Fans are alarmed by Evander Holyfield's flailing away in a sparring session this week ahead of the Saturday fight. How is this legal, said one observer. What, staging an old man fight? So they watched the nearly 60-year-old Evander Holyfield, who was getting a little punchy back when he was much younger, um, and thought, how is it legal to let this poor old guy get beat up? So look forward to that, along with Donald Trump's commentary, Saturday night, if you got nothing else to do. Wow, wow. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, this is exciting. Welcome to the Gavi Awards, live from the dumpster out back of the Kodak Theater in Los Angeles. It's the Gavin Newsom Award for hypocrisy during the time of COVID. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. <laughs> what a putz. I have, I, not only have I not gotten tired of that clip, I don't think it's possible for me to get tired of that clip. No, and people shouldn't lose their outrage, if you're a Californian, for what he did at the, the height of the shutdown, when we were all miserable, and kids weren't in school, and your business was failing, and everything was going on, and he ignored all of that. Right. So he could right. be with one of his rich friends, maskless, at the most expensive restaurant in the world. That's just complete, utter nonsense. You know what I don't recall? What exactly was the time of day that they dined? We, we had an early dinner. Ah, that's right, <laughs> early. It was early. It was early. <laughs> anyway, our latest Gavi Award, and I, I can't remember for sure, but I think he may be a two-time winner. Congratulations, Prime Minister Scott Morrison of Australia, who traveled to his home state, 
for the Australian version of Father's Day over the weekend in a country where millions of people have been unable to see loved ones because they have some strict lockdowns going on right now. His defense is beautiful. He said he understands why people were frustrated, but he'd acted within the rules. Uh, for instance, he needed to get back to the Capitol on official business, and politicians are not required to quarantine. So business people, parents, teachers, everybody is, but not politicians. That's beautiful. More than half of the nation's population is under lockdown uh, because of the Delta variant, of course, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sorry, this uh, page regenerated just when I needed it most. Um but according to the New York Times, individual states have different travel restrictions, but Australians have reported being rejected for exemptions to attend funerals and visit dying relatives. So you can't go see your dying mother, but the prime minister can go home for Father's Day to see his papa. In fact, on Sunday in Australia, on Australian Father's Day, people gathered on either side of a plastic barricade at the border between two states to reach across the barricade to visit family members, because that's the only way they could. That's unbelievable. Because the lockdowns were so severe. But the prime minister himself... Scott Morrison saw fit to go ahead and travel back and forth across state lines because, well, he's a politician and the rules don't apply to him. We have the don't award. We have the award right here. I wish I could hand it to him, but he's on the so other congratulations, side. Prime Minister Scott Morrison. You're the winner of the Gavin Newsom Award for Hypocrisy in the Time of COVID. Here's your Gavin. We'll mail you your statuette. That's some pretty good musical scene setting there. That's some good stuff. Really is. Speaking of which, I have another feature at ready to go if you want it. It's your Northwest Roundup. <laughs> oh, no, no, wait a minute. Does everything need a theme song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait a minute. I thought you guys were going to give me a Pearl Jam song for the Northwest Roundup. But then wait. There we go. It's the Northwest Roundup. Because they're from Seattle? That's why? Yes! Okay. Yes! They're a band known from being from the Northwest. They wore the lumberjack shirts. They had the boots. They lived in Seattle. They still live. Yes, that's why. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you can fade that anytime you want. Uh, number one, there was some great coverage the other day of a couple of men brazenly walking out of sub suburban Salem, Oregon, Lowe's with $2,000 worth of wiring, which they were obviously going to strip and sell the copper. Huh. But they walked out with impunity, loaded into their car as the uh, employees sat by helpless, and they drove off with thousands of dollars worth of goods. And says the police lieutenant there, he said, once you've stolen from Lowe's once and know they can't stop you, there's no real consequence. Second thing is, these people know they're not going to go to jail. So the cops are as frustrated as the rest of us in places where they have legalized crime. So some some of the morons in charge of, of the world believe the honor system would work, I guess? I mean, did they, did they think that... Like, I'm not going to steal no matter what. You could completely decriminalize stealing, and I'm not going to steal. But there's a chunk of society that will steal, unless there's a penalty. Always oh, yeah. has been, always will be. And did, did you think that that went away? I mean, like, what do they actually think? 
Yeah, I know. They're, they're dreamers. They're unicornians, as I often describe them. They're people who have a grasp of reality that is purely formed in the classroom, in their social classes, and have no idea how human beings actually behave. Uh, and a little more uh, Northwest Roundup for you here. It's the Northwest Roundup. <laughs> Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick lambasted Portland leaders as depraved, accused them of putting residents in grave danger in response to the city's plan to ban buying any goods or services from Texas. Yeah, whatever. In response to the uh, the abortion law thing, uh, said the uh, the, the, uh, the assistant governor or whatever the heck his um, his title is. He said. Uh, he said, Portland is a dumpster fire, <laughs> and they have no right to tell anybody what to do and how to live their lives, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he says, meanwhile, Portland is a dumpster fire, and Texas is thriving. And finally, this, Mayor Ted Weasel of uh, Portland, we've been on him for a very long time. Um, he's talking about, the, it was on August 22nd, a couple of weeks ago, when there was that running street battle between the Proud Boy types and the Antifa types, and they were just spraying each other with chemicals and rain and fists and sticks and beating the hell out of each other, and the cops just let it alone. They just go ahead. You want to beat the hell out of each other? Go ahead. Well, Ted Ted Weasel is now saying that was probably not the right policy. I don't have time to finish the story. Uh, On the other side of the break, I'll tell you what else he said. I think conceivably that unicornian is finally waking up a little. And the latest on maskines? That's our new term that covers masks and vaccines. Maxines? Yes. Armstrong and Getty. The host of the children's show Blues Clues, Steve Burns, released a video in honor of its 25th anniversary. But this is weird. Just to remind everyone that Blue would be long dead by now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, 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 man. That was out of bounds. Yes, next hour, we'll play a little of Steve's Here's where I've been. If you're a fan of Blues Clues or your kids were, we'll play it for you. And it has uh, caused uh, adults to tear up around the world. I'd say it's one of the most tear-jerking things released in the last decade. And it's incredibly sweet. And it's great. And we'll do it next hour for you. Oh, speaking of next hour, uh, if you like science and history, you must love the history of science. Um, I have a, a featurette on the obvious freaking strategy for the COVID. And it has to do with the historical scientific developments. It's, uh, it's utterly logical. It's fantastic. It's a tad expensive. But uh, we'll do it an hour for the Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, a lot of you don't get hour four via the airwaves, but you can get it, you know, later today via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. So, what? So grab it. Sounds like witchcraft. I'm telling you, it can be done. So Ted Weasel, mayor of Portland, some pronounce it Wheeler, um... He admitted that the city didn't quite have the right strategy for the running Antifa Proud Boys speech or street battle, rather, on uh, August 22nd. It is clear, based on the public outcry, on the media outcry, on the national front, that the strategy was not the right strategy, he said during the Portland City Council meeting. I think we can all acknowledge that. I take full responsibility for it. 
And he said Portland was still trying to find the right recipe for handling riots. Somewhere, something between an overwhelming police presence and no police presence whatsoever. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, It's been tested throughout the centuries. There's only one way to deal with a riot. Overwhelming police presence. It's the only thing that works. No, no, we're not comfortable with that strategy in Portland. We don't want anybody to get mad. Why do you sound like that, Mayor Weasel? I'm not sure I understand your question. Uh, The phrase, I take full responsibility, needs to be retired. It no longer means anything. (laughs) There should be a sanction for it. Heavy fines, at the very least. Local residents claim they felt terrorized and abandoned as rioters in helmets and gas masks, some armed with baseball bats and paintball guns, confronted each other. Spokesman for the Portland Police Bureau said authorities monitored the clash from an airplane. Oh, that's effective. Uh, city officials warned the public in advance that police would not be intervening in the protest as reactions, uh, as a reaction to claims that police presence exacerbated crowd tensions. That's the, the unicornian, uh, pot smoking, uber liberal view in Portland. The only reason there's violence is because the police are there, which is just so stupid. Stupid. Past riots and protests that have resulted in injuries and property destruction have made the city open to trying new plans for dealing with such clashes, the mayor said. Uh, he does point out, and he's quite right, that Portland is unique in that we seem to be ground zero for alt-right groups to come into our town because they know they'll get a response. And they do. But he doesn't mention the 125 nights in a row or whatever it was that they permitted, practically permitted rioting in Portland with an underwhelming police presence, which made it utterly clear to everyone across America, Ted, Joe Biden, everyone, that political violence is okay. And then you end up with January 6th and you say, how did this happen? We'll form a commission. It's unbelievable. So, President Biden is going to release his six-pronged approach to taking on COVID at some point today. And uh, the leaks out so far are that it's going to demand vaccines from all federal workers and a bunch of mask stuff. And uh, he's going to push for booster shots. And we'll probably discuss it tomorrow uh, after it comes out. I want to examine each and every prong carefully, personally, before I report on it. Gotcha. Uh, I thought this article kind of similar on a similar similar theme to what Joe was just talking about. Interesting in the Wall Street Journal today about this guy named Ben Dugan, who works for CVS. His job is battling a forty five billion dollar crime spree. I'll just read a little of the article. Ben Dugan sat in an unmarked sedan in San Francisco's Tenderloin neighborhood one day last September, waiting for the CVS to be robbed. He tracked a man entering the store and watched as the thief stuffed more than $1,000 of allergy medicine into a trash bag, walked out and did the same at two other nearby stores before loading them into a waiting van, Mr. Dugan recalled. The target was no ordinary shoplifter. He was part of a network of organized professionals known as boosters. Who And I didn't know this stuff. I thought it was just like random people stealing because they figured out you could steal. I didn't know they were this organized. Whom CVS had been monitoring for weeks. The company believed the group responsible has stolen more than $50 million in products over five years. Wow. From dozens of stores in just in Northern California. More than $50 million worth of stuff. All in Northern California CVSs. Where they've decriminalized crime. The job of Mr. Dugan, the CBS Health Corps' top investigator, was to stop them. 
Retailers are spending millions of years to battle organized crime rings that steal from their stores in bulk and then peddle the goods online, often on Amazon.com's retail platform, according to investigators. Oh, my gosh, because I was thinking, I was about to say, they only got a tiny fraction of that $50 million on the street, but no, they're more sophisticated than that. It is a menace that has been supercharged by the pandemic and the rapid growth of online commerce that has accompanied it. That's how it became a $45 billion uh, annual loss for retailers in in recent days, and they think as many as $50 million stolen just from the CVSs in Northern California. So it's an organized... They steal all this stuff and they resell it on Amazon. Like yeah. like it's the yeah. mob. Well, this yeah. is the mob. You know, granted, I'm an old gray beard, but I remember when the police used to hunt down thieves and, and organized crime. Well, yeah. Not you, in Cal Unicornia. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago where you wouldn't have been able to walk into three stores within a couple of blocks of each other and steal thousands of dollars worth of stuff and just walk out. Somebody at the store would have stopped you, but they don't do that anymore because of liability. And or the cops would have responded, or they'd have been in the neighborhood. Allergy medicine's a good example. So, like, if you use Flonase, like I do, those little tiny bottles, each one of them's like forty bucks. Uh, you get two two bottles in a pack, or for forty bucks, something like that. That's expensive. It wouldn't be hard to shovel a thousand dollars worth of those into your uh, your bag and then resell them online. Right. So, uh, you know, it's worth pointing out, as we have many times, the uh, the idiotic California law that if it's less than 950 bucks worth of goods or so, that's it's a uh, it's a misdemeanor, which is just it's nothing. It's nothing in the criminal justice system these days. You're never going to get a serious sanction for a misdemeanor. Uh, but these guys, they don't even give a damn if they're stealing tens of thousands of millions of dollars worth of stuff. There's no justice. There's no law enforcement. There's no justice. It's really quite unbelievable. It's almost worth seeing it happen because it's such an extraordinary experiment. I mean, if somebody proposed to you at, you know, age 25, for instance, there's going to be a state that's going to decriminalize crime and see what happens. You'd think an American state? No. You'd think whoever was suggesting that was on drugs. Yeah, I know. It is <laughs> It is crazy. But uh, I don't I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know if we're ever going to come back from this, or if things are ever going to get normal again. Will things ever be normal again? Nah. I don't want to use the phrase "new normal." Yeah, no. The old double N, N squared. I hate to say "new normal," but is that honestly what's going on here? Is we just you, you can't because it's unsustainable, right? It's not sustainable. Uh, what we they've already had whatever it is seventeen Walgreens have closed in San Francisco in the last couple of years. Whatever whatever that number is, it's unsustainable. You can't wow. have towns without drugstores because you d- you don't believe in crime anymore. Right. Well, I think this uh, brings us back to the Joe Getty unified theory of civilizations. They veer from guardrail to guardrail. They pass the sweet spot with no idea they're in it until they crash into the guardrail on the other side. So we were hard on crime, perhaps over-incarcerating people. Maybe the war on drugs was uh, poorly executed in some ways. Maybe it was unfair in some ways. And so we've decided that the only reason people ever commit crimes is they're poor and downtrodden. So we're going to remove any sanction for committing crimes. And we will just crash into the guardrail of uh, uncivilized behavior, of of craziness, of uh, lack of safety. But we have a weird combination in America that's going on right now that that they don't have in other countries. It's a two-pronged approach uh, of a problem in that you've got that attitude by some numbnuts who think crime's going to go away or crime is only the fault of capitalism or whatever. 
But like I was thinking, I've been in places in Mexico City. I remember when I was in Moscow, various places I've been where they had guards at the door. And you would come in and they might pat you down or they'd give you the once over and everything like that. And it was pretty clear from the number of guards around the store, ain't going to allow any stealing around here. Um, The difference between like Mexico City, Moscow and the rest of the world in the United States is you can't stop anybody or they claim, oh, my neck, they arrested me and hurt my neck. And you get to sue the company for a million dollars and you win. That doesn't exist in other countries. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's the double whammy that you get in America is that you can't even tackle a guy running out of your store with a handful of diamonds because he'll sue you. First, you're sticking me with your prongs. Then I get a double whammy. This show is too violent. <laughs> well, you know, I guess you got to move to a red state or, or I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It has been so far. So I want to get to this when we come back, because this is kind of a growing topic of conversation. Treating people differently in hospitals based on a number of things, primarily around the vaccine. If you didn't get the vaccine, that's your problem back of the line. And more and more people are buying into this idea. Um, Talk about that coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Yay! Yeah! And the Crowd cheers like crazy, and uh, so we got a text um, on the text line, as that is a growing topic of conversation. Hospitals are full some places with COVID. Do you uh, treat everybody the same whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated? Well, the answer is clearly yes, but uh, to me, but uh, more on that in a second. We got this text. Um, I had a pediatric patient on my floor this week. This must be a doctor. My chart was being audited because the patient was a minor. This pediatric patient was 17, 400 pounds, and not vaccinated. So what exactly does this pediatric patient have in common with my five-year-old healthy little girl? I'll wait. Uh, Here's the problem, my friend, is that we've never gone down this road before. And if we start down this road of triaging based on your lifestyle decisions, where does it end? How do you, the heart attack that uh, Jimmy Kimmel was just talking about, uh, that guy, I, I, he eats fast food all the time. Now, you got to move him to the back of the line. He, sure. eats, he eats fast food all the time. He brought on the heart attack himself, or he's overweight. His BMI is 30. Everybody with a BMI 30, move over there. Everybody with a BMI over 30, you move over here, because we're going to do you first on cancer or broken ankle, because your joints give out because of your weight. Or all kinds of, where would you stop with that? Smokers, obviously smokers, you might as well wait out in the parking lot. You drink, you got to wait over there. I mean, there's no end to this once you start down the road of judging people by their lifestyle at the emergency room or the hospital. Well, over in the section where they stick the drinkers, we're sending somebody for beers. I'll promise you that. Motorcycle riders, sorry, you're not even coming in. 
because everybody knows that's dangerous compared to car drivers. Oh, you drove drunk? Well, then you definitely can't come in. Um, Obviously, with that much thought into it, it's a non-workable thing. But I saw some polling the other day. There's a lot of people that think it's a good idea. You heard the crowd just cheer there with Jimmy Kimmel. A lot of that has to do with the whole vaccine thing getting tied into Trump. It's amazing how many things are colored by Trump. Right, and and just Trump fans and their attitudes, it's wild, because Trump pushed as hard as he could to get the vaccines developed as quickly as possible. And, as we know, that statistically doesn't make any sense anyway, because in big cities, there's all kinds of people that aren't getting the vaccination that, I guarantee you, weren't Trump voters. Right. Well, and then Kimmel Kimmel throws in for extra points a reference to ivermectin being horse-paced that morons are, are gobbling down, which is a complete myth. Yeah. So uh, there was a lot to hate there, but the crowd loved it and cheered like crazy. Um, Speaking of vaccines, so Joe Biden is going to release his six-prong plan to take on the pandemic today. One of the prongs. A lot of prongs. Many prongs. One of the prongs. (laughs) I mean, you only need four prongs to hold up a table. Three, really, to hold up a stool. So you've got twice as many prongs as you need, really. A six-prong fork barely fitted in your mouth. Um. It's funny, my son brought up the other day, he said, I really want to eat somewhere where they have sports. So, seek that out. I guess KFC is our best choice for that. You know, some kids want to, to go to Tahiti or want their own car. Your kid wants to eat with a sport. That's charming. <laughs> um, uh, one of the prongs that has leaked out from Joe Biden is that he's going to make it mandatory that all federal workers get the vaccine. L.A. school district announced today that the voting is not going to happen, but it's expected to pass. It hasn't happened, but it is expected to pass mandatory vaccine for any kid that can get it, which would be over the age of 12 or you don't get to go to school. Now, the whole vaccine mandate thing really hasn't meant much to me because I got the vaccine the first second I could and haven't really thought much about it. But as has been pointed out by Joe and others, the power of the government to mandate things because it's kind of an emergency yes how far down the road do we go with that and how soon would it be they mandate something around climate change or they mandate something around gun violence well i'm extremely uncomfortable with the idea of granting a sweeping new forced medical treatment policy uh and and give that power to people who have been wrong over and over and over again and the fact that it's an intrusive a penetrative medical procedure no less getting jabbed and something injected inside you um i i want to move very very slowly on this if there's one thing we've learned during this delightful pandemic it's that the health authorities of america are not in large measure are not reasonable people who balance their perceptions of reality based on a wide variety of human needs they're just obsessed with one thing and will kill damage destroy throw away anything else because it's not that one thing so yeah i'm not real comfortable with granting our beloved federal government the the right to uh, forcibly jab people or, I, or penalize you in significant ways now insurance companies if they want to say look you don't get vaccinated uh, we're going to charge you an extra 200 bucks a month because you're at super high risk it's just like if you're a smoker to go back to that previous discussion um i, I think that's probably just business are there any other penalties in insurance other than smoking? 
Uh, yeah, there's a discount. I know our plan. If you do like three things, oh, right. you there's tell a them your primary care physician, you get the BMI check yeah. or whatever, and you yeah, exercise a, once a month. There's a discount, which is the same thing, but just coming sure. at it from a different direction. Um, But like just straight up penalty, smoking's the only one I think that absolutely knocks it up. They don't do that with BMI yet. No, I don't think so. Although, again, how yeah. do you distinguish one from the other? You can't. Um, do you think this whole idea of hospitals treating people differently based on their vaccination has legs? It certainly seems to be gaining popularity among a certain kind of person. Well, given the fact that vaccinated people can still have the vid and still, uh, you know, put out virus and can still be contagious, it's it's not clear how long and to what extent and, and all. Um, uh, I, I don't even think they can make the argument, well, we don't want unvaccinated people in here because we don't want the COVID to, to spread. So I, I don't know. I don't think that'll go anywhere. I really, I, I really don't. I also think that we're rapidly reaching the point where so many people have been either exposed or vaccinated that uh, I think it's going to fade into the background. It's just going to be like any other respiratory illness that's going to be around. I sure would like to know if I've had COVID or not. Is there any way to find out? Once you've had the vaccine, you've got antibodies from the vaccine, though, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, if we were way more advanced in the study of how many uh, antibodies you have from the two possible. I don't, I don't think that if you've been vaccinated, there's any way to figure out if you've had the, the COVID or not. Mm-hmm. Next hour, really interesting note from the world of science about living with COVID. And we absolutely can. It's obvious. It's expensive, but it's obvious what we need to do about it. We'll talk about that. A touching reunion sort of thing from Blue's Clues. If you ever watch that or your kids ever watch that. All in hour four.